podcast is Ashley, aka Ash Kitten, and um, I promise you guys this is going to be a very short uh, podcast today, and it's because I have a lot to do, but I wanted to give you guys some content, and um, and not just any, I don't just like uh, throw some content out there just for the sake of doing it, I really put a lot of thought into it, it's just not going to be very long, so I'm going to give you the meat of it, so you can marinate in it as much as you want and you can listen to it over and over and over because it's not going to be very long um and this will be without all my little random tangents that I go on and and you know rants and stuff like that so um people go through life with all of these existential questions what is the meaning of life who am I and all these you know questions that we're going to talk about hopefully in a very short amount of time um, but, um, somebody wrote on Facebook a long time ago in 2014, April 10th, 2014, wrote, what is the meaning of life? Or asked God, said, God, what is the meaning of life? And, um, I wrote a response to that, which I'll quote in just a second, um, because I found it interesting that, um, we ask questions like that, and I don't believe we would ask questions of that nature unless we already had the answers. We just didn't know how to find them. So this is my response to that. Um, ultimately, man should not ask God what the meaning of his life is, but recognize it is he who is asked that question. And how the man responds by the decisions that he makes and the way he lives his life will undoubtedly answer his own question. Um, I was feeling very philosophical that day. So, basically I'm saying that we can get really, really tied up and caught up in like, what is the meaning of life? It's like this big bubble question that we send out into the universe and we're like, we must find the answers. But God, the creator, is looking down on us and saying, what is the meaning of your life? What are you doing with it? What, like, are you just floating around like a goldfish in a bowl? Because then your meaning would be no more than that of the goldfish. Or, are you actually applying a meaning in your life and doing um, something to give your life meaning? God doesn't give our life meaning. And I don't want to get yelled at for saying that because I want to explain that really quick. God gives us the ability to put meaning into our lives. He gives us our spiritual gifts. He gives us um, our lives. And he gives us um, everything, all the tools. But if we don't do anything with them, our life has no meaning. And God is not at fault for that. Um, and it's not an automatic thing. Our life doesn't just automatically have meaning. And case in point, there are a lot of people who lived, this, lived on earth, lived, died, and nobody has any memory of them or knows who they are. Not even people who are related to them because they didn't apply, they didn't make an impact, they didn't do anything with their life. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to be famous or that you have to be rich or that you have to 
you know, um, you don't have to make waves and publicity and stuff like that. But I do mean that um, you have to impact someone's life. If you don't impact someone's life in your lifetime, then your life essentially is meaningless. Um, now, you, there's bad meaning that people can put in their life and then their meaning was, you know, they, the meaning of their life was not um, the kind of meaning that I would like in my life. I want to be a light to people and shine so bright that even after I'm gone, that the light is still bringing people in and drawing people in like a beacon of light and darkness and, and you know, filling other people up with light. Um, that's the goal for my life. And, and um, it's not just to make a mark and for people to remember the, the great Ashley, but it's more of, um, it's more of making a difference and, and being a light bringer and um, letting that light stay on the earth and not just go out when I go out. Um, some people are, are really great people. And and you'll know what I'm saying by like, some people are, are really, you know, they're moral people and they're, they're good people, but they don't reach anybody's life. They don't go out and they don't in any way. And, and you don't have to I just want to be clear, you don't have to go out and like talk to a bunch of people and impact people's lives. What you do in your passion could impact someone's life. If you're a poet, your words can impact people's lives. That's why I say God gives us the tools to impact people's lives and, and to um, have meaning in our life. But um, if we don't do anything with it, then our life literally has no meaning. And God is like up there like, you're asking me what the meaning is? Come on. I gave you all the tools. You you got this. Come on, go do it. So, it's it's literally a question of um, are you willing to put down that giant burdensome question? What is the meaning of life? Pick up the tools that God has given you to apply meaning in your life, and then answer your own question by living your life. Um, so that that's how I answered that question, basically. Um, the next question is, who am I? That's another big question that people are asking. A lot of these questions tie in with each other, but they're still independent of each other in the fact that these are still big questions that people hold on to, like giant boulders, and each one has its own weight. And, um, if we're just holding on to these questions, we're not answering them because we're, we're literally filling our lives up with all these unanswered questions and we're not applying any true meaning in our lives um, by, fi by finding the answers within ourselves. So who am I? Well, on the journey to self-love, that's a very difficult question to ask um, and you have to really dig deep, but the answers do lie within. And um, how do you define yourself? Um, if you sit there and say, well, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a cousin, I'm an aunt, I'm a this, I'm a that, and like, that's, that's not who you are really because that doesn't set you apart from anybody else who's a female that has kids. 
because eventually you'll be your aunt and you'll be your grandmother and you'll be a, and you're a mother and you're, you're, you know what I mean? Like you're not setting yourself apart. The who am I is literally your identity, your ID card in this universe. Meaning that it's different than everybody else's. It's a combination of experiences, memories, things that um, have made you who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you don't know your identity, you're lost. You're really, you're really lost in this world. And, um, and I find it very sad that people are asking, who am I? And yet all they have to do is look at themselves and look at who they are and what the um, accomplishments that they've done, what they believe, um, what makes them who they are. The, these things are found within yourself. Instead of looking up at the great big beyond and being like, who am I, God? Who am I? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Um, I believe that God is not a, a God of mischief where he would have placed desires in us to, um, for one thing and then have given our purpose to another. Um, in fact, it's completely opposite. We're made in a perfect design that our purpose inside of his perfect will lines up with the desires of our heart and our spiritual gifts, meaning that I don't believe God is going to give someone a passion for music and a love for music and a beautiful voice to sing or an incredible talent toward instruments and then be like, but your purpose is to um, be quiet in, in a library, like to be a librarian and have nothing to do with music. Like, no, I don't believe God that's in you know his design I don't think he's a mischievous God where he's like ha 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 jokes on you because it has nothing to do with your desires no as a matter of fact I think it lines up so perfectly that when you are in line with the desires of your heart and in God's perfect will that you feel so fulfilled that you can't even explain the satisfaction that comes from it and um this is how I know that I'm meant to be a life coach. One, because of all of the things that have built me up to this point um, in my life has just really taught me that one, this is the desire of my heart um, to help people and to love people and to help people change and to motivate people and to spread that light and the love and the positivity all across the world. As many people as I can impact, impact people. And um, that's, that's my desire. That's the deepest desire of my heart. And then I have gifts that God has gifted me with and blessed me with that, um, that I'm not going to be prideful and say that they're on my own doing. I believe that they're all God's perfect plan and all God's work. And that lines up with my desires. I have a deep intuition of people and... Um, and I have the ability to reach people and for people to listen to me and these are gifts and they line up with my desires. So when I'm in tune and when I'm doing what I know God wants me to do, when someone says like, you helped me, you really helped me, you have no idea what that does to my heart. Like I'm just elated with joy and happiness because I'm like, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be 
in this exact moment in time inside of God's will and lining up with the things I love to do. So it's, it's pretty amazing to me. But my identity is in Christ and you can't have an identity outside of Christ because God made you. So he knows what you were made to do and you know kind of what you were made to do too. The, the desires of your heart um, don't fall far from where your purpose lies. Um, another question, because I only have like a few more minutes, eight more minutes. So the next question is, could I be living in a matrix? Could this entire world be a completely drummed up vision of what the uh, machines want us to envision as our lives and live every day as we're batteries operating the machines. Um, no. And here's why. Because even though, you know, Matrix is a really great movie and I think it's amazing and it does pose a lot of um, a parallels to God and um, Jesus saving humanity. You know, Mia was the one who was chosen. He um, was basically, you know, had he was good, and he had to go against evil. And there was there's a lot of that in um, most really good trilogies, anyway. Um, but the um, the idea that we're all just in an illusion of life and deluded into thinking that we're actually living and our brain is in a, of that somewhere, um, being programmed to believe these, this life. Um, I don't necessarily think that that would work because of the connection to our spiritual selves. There would be an awakening at some point, just like in the movie itself, actually. Um, some people were awake to the Matrix, and they knew that there was this um, place that they could escape where their brains were being held. Um, there, there's, It's just kind of a, a, a moot question because at some point in time, um, if our brains were really being tricked at some point in time, at least one in all humanity would have woken up and have realized it and have um, freed others and uh, for that, you know, that that would actually be a legend in itself because all legends are created from actual truth. So there would be like this tale or legend that over in, you know, such and such place, there's this vat of, of brains that are, or humans that are being harvested by machines and etc. etc. Another thing is humans don't have, uh, I mean, machines don't have human emotions, so they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't have the need for survival because, uh, just a second, honey. We wouldn't have a need for survival. Dang it. She did not sleep very long. It was like 15 minutes. Um, 
they wouldn't have a need for survival. They they really wouldn't because they wouldn't love. They wouldn't live any life that is any meaning. Um, we think well, animals do that. Animals aren't trying to dominate the world and trying to um, encapsulate human brains to um, feed off of them. So like. It, it just, it dies out as a possible true theory because of um, what we know about ourselves, really. It's just a question of knowing yourself. Um, next is what is right and what is wrong. Just a second and I'll be out there, okay? I promise. Sorry, interruptions. Um, what is right and what is wrong? This is one that I'm going to spend at least a couple of minutes on. So... We always think, you know, we have to be told what is right and what is wrong, and we have, and that's where we learn is when we're told. And I disagree. I passionately believe that our values and um, and the true morality of our spiritual self is ingrained into us from a very early age. The knowledge, not the um, willingness to follow. So what I mean is. I believe young, young children, without ever being told what is right and what is wrong, know what is right and what is wrong. Will they do what is right? Most of the time, no. But do they know the difference between right and wrong? This is how I, I have come to that conclusion. Not only have um, I experienced this phenomenon, but so have my children. And I always looked at this like, you know, I always look at every experience and I feel out what I can learn from it and even memories that I gain from childhood that I'm like, oh, I just remembered this, but I forgot this memory from long ago. And I have this memory of when I was young and I was so young that I, no one had ever even told me what stealing was or theft or what what is right and what is wrong. And um, I was never, you know, they were more or less concerned with um, things like don't touch the oven because it's hot because I was that young. And I was at my cousin's house and she had hundreds of pound puppies and I wanted one. I wanted all of them actually. So I stuffed them inside my clothing and pretended like they weren't there and walked out to the car when it was time to leave and they all just started falling out and it was kind of obvious that I had a bunch of stuff hidden in my clothing anyway, because I probably had about 50 or 60 pound, baby pound puppies hidden in my clothing. What's interesting to me is that I knew to hide them because I knew it was wrong. So that shows that I knew at a young age what was right and what was wrong. I chose to do wrong, but I knew the difference between right and wrong. Otherwise, I wouldn't have hidden it. Thank you so good. Thank you. I promise it won't be that much longer. Okay. 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 I'll show you. It did not wait very long. That's okay. So, um, I believe that we have a certain coding that is put into our DNA from a very young, very young age to know right from wrong. However, what we do and what we're taught in our surroundings teaches us to either go against that coding 
Um, and of course, we test that coating because of temptations and because of the, um, the things that life um, puts in our past, our parents even. Um, if our parents are, you know, lackadaisical and they're like, ah, I mean, it doesn't really matter, you know, it's not a big deal. And they don't, they don't reinforce the coding, then the coding gets rewritten to say that it is okay to do these things. And even though we know it's still wrong, it's rewritten to say that we are capable, we should, we, it's okay to do these things. So like, we deep down know what is right and what is wrong because even thieves who do wrong steal um, and try not to get caught because they know it's wrong. If they didn't know it was wrong, then they would just literally do it and be like, what? I don't understand. I did it in broad daylight because I didn't think that it was wrong. Like, why would anybody be arresting me when it kind of sense? And then they try to hide their actions because um, they know it's wrong. But the choice to do right and wrong is what is our secondary coding and what we're okay, what we allow, what wrong we'll allow ourselves to do. So, um, the, um, and the phenomenon has happened with my own kids as well, uh, as far as like stealing or lying and then knowing that it was wrong by hiding it, but being too young to have even understood, um, you know, the concept really, if I would have explained to them, like doing good versus bad, you know, that's why at that age it wasn't, but I'm kind of mom that really reinforces, um, the coding that God has put in us. And, and, um, I believe that by reinforcing it, by, um, showing that rewards come from good behavior and the consequences come from, um, bad behavior and by, um, uh, reinforcing that there is, you know, there's a moral compass and by, there's no exceptions to the rule. Murder is wrong in every sense of the word. And even when people are like, well, what if you're in defense of your life? I could still injure someone well enough for them to still live and um, me to get away. Um, if it comes down to that, it would be a horrible thing to live through and I would never want kids in this life. But if they were like attacking my children, of course, I wouldn't think twice about um, ending their life if it meant saving my children. But in, even in that instance, I've asked God for forgiveness because murder is wrong in any instance of the word and I know that it is. So I wouldn't be kidding myself by thinking that it was justifiable. It was just what my human instinct would be to save my children's lives. And I, I would, you know, um, reap the consequences probably um, if it were prison or whatever. I would still reap the consequences of that in my, in my life, but I would know that in my heart I did what I thought was right, what had been ingrained into me. And um, so um, I don't think there's ever a case where you should lie, even if it's to make someone feel better, or you know, I don't think you should be blunt and be like, hey, uh, just so you know you look fat in that dress, you know, that kind of thing. But I do think that, um, you know, there's tactfulness in delivering the truth, but I think the truth is always 
the best way and the best option. And I, I, do, I tell my children and instill that value into them. Um, okay, and then we have time for like a couple more, so. Um, another one is, what is time? And it's funny because we have, um, we have an actual, like, delegation of time. Like, we know how many seconds are in a minute because we're human. We have to um, have everything be completely logical and lined up and, and perfect. Yet, we ask that question, what is time? And it means that we haven't answered it with our own um, our own physical means, even though we added the name seconds, 60 seconds is one minute, and 60 minutes is one hour, and 24 hours is one day, and 30 days is one month, and 12 months is one year, even though we have gone through this full thing of, you know, completely labeling everything perfectly, we still want to know the concept of it. We still crave to know what is time. And um, it's interesting when we say things like, oh, time flew by because I was having so much fun. Time seems to pass faster when the good things are happening. Um, and when bad things are happening, we seem to dwell in it a lot harder. And we seem to um, account that time being a lot longer. And so do we even, can we even label time really with minutes and, and seconds and things like that when um, when we're able to say that time went faster for when, when things were good. Um, I think time is really relative to your perspective and the more positive you are, the faster time goes by, but also that um, you need to slow yourself down enough to appreciate the time that you have because you only have so much time. You're never afforded any more time Everyone's given the same amount of time um, each day, 24 hours each day, and it's like a, di a per diem that's given to us if we wake up, then we're awarded that um, per diem. And um, some of us don't even get the full thing. And then we thought the end of their time is six hours into the day and they never knew it. But at the beginning of the day, we all think we have the full 24 hours. Um, and no one's given any more than that. So. How we spend that time is actually what is most important than the actual question, what is time? How do you spend your time is the more important question that we should be asking because it's really um, integral to the journey of self-love and finding meaning for our lives because we only have so much time to apply that meaning. Um, if we procrastinate, we'll never do it. And we never actually will have a meaningful life, and in doing so, we live the life of a goldfish. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Um, and then the next question is Does God exist? And um, then the next one is Destiny and Free Will. I think I've talked about destiny and free will plenty enough in past ones, and then does God exist? I've definitely touched on that, but I can actually do a whole entire um, series on that if need be. Um, 
And then what is, um, what is religion? And I really have a simple answer for that. I don't believe in religion. I believe in a relationship with my creator. Um, religion is just an organized way, just like uh, to put something, apply meaning, word meaning to something that really doesn't, that goes deeper than that. Um, just like seconds in time, minutes, really doesn't apply if it's deeper than that because time can be faster when you're having fun or slower when you're miserable then what do minutes and seconds have anything to do with anything really um same thing with religion what does religion have anything to do with anything if you can have a relationship with your creator then what does it matter hold on So, um, the, the, um, objective I'm trying to get here, to here, through to you, is, goes back to the, the, um, quote that I said in the beginning that I wrote in 2014, is, you're going to have to look inside yourselves and put down those burdensome questions that you're carrying around, live your life, and when you have questions, don't just go looking for answers everywhere and you just ask other people and I mean, yeah, you can, you know, get advice or ask people, but I mean, don't, don't try to find the answers elsewhere besides inside yourself because they don't exist and you'll just be wandering the earth, um, distracted from the real journey, which is loving yourself. So thank you so much for joining and uh, Haley, say bye to everybody. Bye. She's been sitting in for the last, like, what, 10 minutes? Because she woke up from her nap kind of early. And um, thank you guys for listening. And stay, subscribe to my channel. Subscribe to my channel. Subscribe to my mom's channel. What? You say subscribe to my mom's channel. Subscribe to my mom's channel. <laughs> She loves being a part of this sometimes, so, um, and we're going to go play, so, um, that's what we're going to go do, and, um, thank you guys for listening. Hit the like button. <laughs> Hit the like button, okay. She watches too many YouTube videos, you can tell, right? Um, and thank you so much for listening, and, um, I promise next time it will be longer, but... This one actually ended up being like 30 minutes, so um, enjoy listening to it and reevaluating it, listening to it again. Find your answers within yourself. Spread love, light, and positivity to everybody <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs>